Welcome to another episode of Spirit Talks with Natalie Brown. Spirit Talks is all about conscious conversations to awaken and enlighten. It was born from a desire to bring together a conscious community and create opportunities for deeper connection and real conversations. This platform is for inspiring heart leaders, guardians of the earth, and conscious entrepreneurs sharing the spirit of all things, their divine wisdom, revolutionary ideas, inventions, modalities, and channelings to bridge the gap between our world and the spiritual world in order to shift the consciousness of humanity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Talks. Today, I am joined by some incredibly beautiful souls and speakers that are here to share their story with us. So, Grab your cup of tea <laughs> and join us for some incredible conversations today. So welcome Elise, Alan, Angel and Rachel. Thank you so much for being here and being part of this incredible talk today. The awakening experience that changed my life and we can't wait to hear your stories and you know hear more about your lives. So Elise, I'm going to start with you. Please tell us more about you what you specialize in and introduce yourself please. Kia ora, I'm Elise Young and I reside in New Zealand, Aotearoa. Uh, I'm an energy intuitive and also a shaman and basically what that translates to is I interpret energy back to people's feelings. So I've done a lot of inner child work in the past um, but I've come to realize that over the years what I actually do is hold space for people and use vibrational language, which helps everyone reconnect to their feelings and their hearts so that they can actually let go of the past through understanding a new way of nurturing. So that's basically what I do. I'm also a shaman, so I do a lot of ghost busting, depositions, things like that, which is not what you see on the television it's quite different and it's very gentle it's very loving and my purpose is really to share what energy is what it means for you and to give a whole different perspective of what it means to live um, a grounded and spiritual journey in this lifetime yeah so beautiful thank you elise wow that's a lot. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> we wear so many different hats, don't we, as beautiful mm -hmm. beings sharing our magic. So thank you so much for sharing a bit about you. Alan, you are next. Uh, cool. Hello, everyone. My name is Alan. I am an NLP coach. I started as a personal trainer, though. But what I found in personal training is that when I wrote a program for somebody, and they chose not to do it, I got so curious to understand why they made that decision. So then I went down the rabbit hole of mindset and wanting to understand and, and be able to comprehend why people make certain decisions. And I fell in love with the art of, of the mind. And so NLP specifically helping men and women with their confidence, but then that just went to a whole new level again with their self-worth and their self-belief and their self-trust and their self-esteem and their respect for themselves and all these beautiful things, which then led to them understanding what their gift is here on this earth. The beautiful quote from Mark Twain, the two most important days of your life, the day you're born, the day you find out why. Well, I love helping people truly understand why. 
and that comes through the comprehension and just the beautiful moment of seeing somebody believe in themselves for the first time every day of the week I'll do it every day of the week so yeah I love it wow amazing thank you so much for sharing your story I love the fact that you have you know come and from the from the journey that you have stepped onto and really I'm anchoring in that mindset because it's all about mind, body, spirit, soul, mm. the whole shebang, isn't it? So thank you for sharing your journey. Mm, Angel, welcome. You next. Please share. <laughs> uh, aloha. I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm really grateful to be here with you and all of these other beautiful human beings. Um, my name is Angel Aquarian. <clears throat> I'm an earth-based medicine practitioner, a feminine wisdom keeper and visionary. I specialize in bringing shamanic menstruation back to the forefront of civilization. Um, similarly to the way women used to work with this innate shamanic energy that is there when we bleed, like the Native Americans used to do and quite a few indigenous peoples around the world. So that is one of my huge passions is supporting women and creating a life that allows them to do deep spiritual work specifically with their cycles. Uh, I personally have healed a tremendous amount of trauma by doing this work with my bleeds. And I am also an Ayurvedic practitioner. I went to India and studied Ayurveda over there. And I'm a certified Panchakarma therapist also. So I specialize in helping to purify and rejuvenate the physical body. And I am here to anchor in a powerful frequency of new earth energy on the planet and funnel in an incredible vision for future generations so um, that's a little bit about me amazing so beautiful <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your you can feel the love radiating from you from all of you every single one of you and it's so beautiful and especially the shamanic work the ancient ways you know coming back to like that retained the ways of the routine, the ways of like really honoring our cycles and our rhythms is just so powerful. Thank you for the work that you do. Mm, amazing. Rachel. Hello, good morning. My name is Rachel Williams and I live on the Gold Coast, uh, Queensland. And I'm a registered nurse and an educator in my day job, but I've been on a massive transition over the last couple of years and I've really got into the spiritual space, um, which I'll talk a little bit about later, but I've become a breathwork practitioner, coach, and um, Reiki healer and theatre healer. And it's something that has completely, completely changed my life. And I just get so passionate about sharing my story and to be able to help others through the breath because breath is life, it really is. And I've just, I've really been able to transform my life with it. And I just get so much joy and happiness to be able to share those gifts and to be able to share that medicine with other people and to be able to help others navigate through their journey and to help them with their limiting beliefs or their blocks and to be able to help them to 
fulfill their goals and dreams. And as I talk about, I'm just getting goosebumps. So I just, that means that I, I really am, I feel really quite aligned with what I do. Beautiful. When you get goosebumps, it sets your heart on fire, right? <laughs> the work that you do, yeah. yes, it's so beautiful. And then you you radiate that powerful light that you are because you feel passionate about yes. it. You celebrate your work, and then other people are like, "Oh, bring me more," because they can feel your frequency. They Abs can feel how it radiates out, right? Absolutely. Amazing. Mm, thank you so much for sharing, Rachel. I'm truly honored to have every single one of you on this beautiful Spirit Talks today, and I can't wait to hear your awakening experiences. So let's dive right in. Elise, please share with us your awakening experience or perhaps experiences that changed your life, that pivotal moment, that really aha moment that changed things for you. Well, mine has, is a continuous one, to be honest, and uh, I've been through many awakenings, <laughs> even right at, as we're speaking. Um, for me, uh, just to give you a quick background, I grew up in a very sheltered and um, uh, insulated environment. I'm Chinese, but I was born in New Zealand, so right from the outset, I was an otter an oddity because and then I lived in a small town um, and so I had the cultural and traditional background that I was conditioned to live in I worked in corporate um, and then at the age of 31 and I was married happily married for 10 years didn't even know I was unhappy but anyway um, as as such you know uh <laughs> Around the age of 31 is when I got my rude awakening. And, and this actually happened incrementally, actually, in the, in the two years previous. First of all, I changed my name. And then after that, uh, I was feeling like I was energetically connecting to somebody that I didn't really know. But he worked in the same workspace, but not in the same um, department. And it was like we were having this really intimate relationship and I just could not understand what was going. And I let it go on for two years. And it's not that we did anything with it, but it, it drove me crazy in the end. You know, and I said to him one day, I feel like I'm in love with you, you know, <laughs> and it was like I didn't even know him. But and he was and what was what surprised me was that he was very aware of what was happening. And so at some point he said, oh, I think you, I think you need help. And I thought, yeah, I do, because I totally do not understand what is going on. And so then he recommended a therapist for me to go and see. And from that point, she said to me, you want out of your marriage. And all these things that I hadn't, that I had subconsciously thought about, but didn't understand. Okay. So she was verbalizing all of this for me. And then within two months, I was separated from my husband my whole life had just changed. And, and one, of the, one of the words that really struck me was that he said, you know, you have a choice. And it was like, what? <laughs> I'd grown up with this belief from my mother that we don't have a choice. You don't have a choice, you know. And it's so interesting how, how much I played into that conditioning, like to, to the fact that I didn't even... Um, I didn't even explore the idea of that I could be with someone other than Chinese. So this was really bouncing around inside of me and, you know, making myself wrong for 
a lot of thoughts and feelings, which I just totally ignored. And so then I entered the world of energy and I was very, very guided. I was very fortunate that the therapist who uh, saw me for the first two sessions, she realized how closed down I was. And so she introduced me to her teacher and that's where I actually um, opened up to my craft of being an energy intuitive. So I studied with her and grew with her for four years and in learning and understanding energy as our feelings, it was a lot of inner child work, but also it brought out my um, innate sh shaman. So very mm -hmm. early on in the piece, I could see this chief all the time. And, um, and then I had another rude awakening four years later when I decided I didn't want to learn anymore. I just wanted to live because my whole life had changed so much that I just felt really odd <laughs> and weird and that I didn't fit in anywhere. And then it was during this period of deep depression, actually, because I couldn't fit anywhere anymore. And so then that's, you know, I remember I was crying, crying, crying. And then I just felt the hand of God. And in that was the message I needed to move to Australia, which also freaked me out because I, I really didn't want to live in Australia. Um, but after that, when I felt the hand of God, I just knew everything was going to be okay. So then I packed up my life and went over to, I was, I was told I can go to the um, Gold Coast or uh, Melbourne. And then I chose WA because I knew somebody there. And so for eight months, I was there living this life. And, um, and then someone actually said to me, uh, an Ayurvedic um, massage person said, Elise, what are you doing here? <laughs> WA is so not you. <laughs> mm. And then I realized, oh, you know, it's just time to go to Melbourne. So I chose Melbourne. And as soon as I said yes to that, all the doors just opened up. And then it was in that year was 1999. I went to Peru with Wayne Dyer and a group. And during that 10 days, there were just so many revelations um, where I saw Jesus. I'm not a, I'm not a, um, a, you know, a church girl or anything like that. So in my eyes, I just thought, oh, everyone can see him because I could see him as clear as day. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until I came back to Mel. And, and the message was, you have to start doing this work. And at the time, I was working for the ANZ Bank. And when I told my boss I was resigning, he wanted to know what I was moving to. So I told him, and then he said, oh, your work's not done. You know, we need, how's the energy here? So I worked with him in the bank for a little while, but then I went out on my own and it was just word of mouth basically, but my practice grew and yeah, and I just, uh, and through that, I also connected with Fianna Stibble who does the Theta Healing. So I hosted her and, and then she asked me to be one of her teachers because she said I was a really good teacher. You know, all, all this journey of learning, learning, learning. Mm. And I realized my time in Melbourne helped me to understand and to be who I am because nobody knew me. So it gave me that um, opportunity to really just be myself. And I've always just talked about energy and spirit in a very normal way. 
And it was interesting in the community in Melbourne, they would go, oh, we don't talk about that. And I would mm. say, why not? <laughs> and they go, because they don't understand. And I go, well, that's why you should actually share the information rather than them going away feeling like they don't understand. Mm. But yeah. so I was in Melbourne for nine years. And then I had another very rude awakening in the sense that <laughs> I was told I need to go and live in the States. And that was just a big no-no for me. And uh, I started getting frozen shoulder. I could only lift my arm this high. And um, so I had a lot of resistance in my being. And then after about three years of it, I thought, oh, I just have to say yes to my destiny. And that's when I ended up in Kauai. And um, all the doors once again opened up. And I was asked to go and live in Kalalau, which is a valley, a sacred valley, in a tent in the forest. And, uh, and that's where I honed in on my multidimensional self. So I was already experiencing the multidimensional side of ourselves in Melbourne, but it's really hard when you straddle two worlds. So mm. I feel that spirit asked me to go to Kalalau so that I could just be in that space to really understand, yes, this is real. This is what, this is how magic happens. And so um, I spent about three or uh, five years on Kauai, uh, about three years in Kalalau. And then I got the message, you need to walk amongst the ordinary people. And that's when I made my return to New Zealand. And so that's what I do now. I just share everything that I have um, myself experienced, learned. And um, like I said, I feel like my work with the inner child work, the shamanic side, but more importantly, coming back now to just understanding frequencies through sacred geometry and vibrational language. And I feel that's, that's really my gift right now is supporting people, holding space and just using vibrational language to reconnect back to their soul and their mm. higher beings. Mm. Beautiful. Wow, what a journey, Elise. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. What incredible synchronicities. I've got goosebumps running up and down my body right now. Just such incredible synchronicities and those little messages and golden seeds that's been planted along your life to mm. bring you. And I'm, you know, like I'm hearing the resistance. No, I'm not going there. What do you want me to do there? <laughs> and then still going and trusting and allowing and, you know, having these incredible experiences, this learning journey that we are on. It's as well and sharing our magic in this way so well, thank you so much message, for sharing yeah the oh, main yeah. message i wanted to get across was that no matter how uh ingrained your life seems it's like you cannot ignore your soul and and when Absolutely. you say yes to your soul everything just opens up effortlessly mm. so all that resistance causes the body to sh to shut down which is yeah. why I got the frozen shoulder. And, you know, once I said yes to that, my shoulder came free after three days. Mm. Amazing. Amazing how connected that is. Mind, body, spirit. The whole thing is connected, right? I love the words you said, my whole life changed. And you have a choice. I think that that is the biggest thing here. When you choose, your whole life changes. Yes. And everything opens up to you everything is available to you all as possible so thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story thank you. <laughs>
Um, wonderful. All right, Alan, next up, please share with us your awakening experience or experiences, that one or two that really changed your life. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing to share is that I was born with a with an ear deformity. So I was born with a condition called microtia. So basically that's a large reason as to what I'm talking about, self-esteem and confidence. That's why. Um, and so born with microtia from a very young age, my parents, mainly my mom, always said things like, hey, Alan, like when you're at, at school, in primary school, uh, and people are asking you about your ear, just say that you were born like that. Now that never really hit me until people actually started asking. And that's when I started experiencing the, the shock in my body in the sense of, oh wow, there's something different about me. And for so long, I tried to fit in. For so long, I tried to be like everybody else. For so long, I tried to, I guess, shape shift myself in a way to be accepted. When the bottom line, was that I wasn't accepting myself. And that was a very, very challenging thing to accept that I had chosen that reality because there were so many times in my life where whether it be through bullying or whether it be through being the bully or whether it be through uh, feeling left out or an outcast or a black sheep or anything like that, it always came back to the, the fundamental principle of accepting myself because I wasn't, I was completely denying how I was born. And so, yeah, I went through a very challenging time, uh, mainly from the transition from primary school to high school. And I remember sitting on the step in front of the library, just crying because the purity in my heart just wanted to see other people happy. And what I wasn't recognizing was that I needed to make myself happy first. <laughs> and that came through acceptance and all these beautiful learnings that I learned along the way however I'm sitting on the step of this of the library in front of the library and the principal comes and sits next to me and he says Alan you're quite sensitive for a male and that's a it's a beautiful quality and that never really hit me until much later on when I recognized that wow I always seemed to connect better with women or females for various reasons However, I always found it more challenging to connect with other males. And what I started to realize was because of that reason, men seem to have a challenge opening up or showing vulnerability or showing emotion or just showing exactly what they're experiencing. And what I noticed was I didn't have an issue at all doing that. It's like I had, in a, in a weird way, I had, I had fully accepted humility so there were aspects where I had accepted myself, but as far as my physical being was concerned, like the, the body images, the body image that I held of myself, I wasn't accepting. And it was so challenging because I didn't, it's like nobody told me this. There wasn't a manual that said, hey, Alan, so uh, it's time for you to now accept yourself. <laughs> there was nobody that came along that said that. And so many times I've just felt like I've been climbing up this mountain of broken glass to try and feel good about myself when I was looking on the outside of me to really understand what that meant when it was always on the inside everything was on the inside and everything was about the inner work and everything was about how I genuinely felt about me but that's where 
there were many turning points along my journey. So from the transition from primary school to high school, very, very challenging time. Uh, I grew up playing basketball in my primary school days and got really, really good at it and got some really beautiful trophies and things like that. And I, I let it get to my head to the point where I became a bully. Then transitioned from primary school to high school. It's like the universe just completely flipped my reality. And then I became bullied. And then there was a situation in a basketball game where uh, myself and the opponent uh, were going after the ball. It was the heat of the game. And he tripped over his own feet and he must have thought that I, um, I had tripped him up, which hand on my heart, I absolutely did not. And anyway, long story short, that became the seed of those uh, boys at high school just absolutely just ripping into me uh, in the schoolyard. My yeah, self-esteem just went through the floor and I was literally afraid to go to, to school and, and to see them because every time I would see them, they started to recognize that I had a, an ear deformity and things like that. And they just started ripping into me about that. And it was really challenging because although my parents did the best they could, they didn't understand what it was like to, to um, experience an ear deformity and what what my reality was and I don't I, at that time I was expecting them to understand however through the the healing process I realized like wow they were doing the best they could and they they just didn't know how to how to communicate or articulate their language in a way that had me feel better and so for so long I felt like it was about me truly understanding myself and that's where it ties into the NLP coaching and really helping others understand their own self-esteem and their own self-worth challenges and their own confidence and their own self-respect and honor for themselves and truly accepting themselves and so many things because for so long I just didn't feel like I had that person and I found that I started outsourcing my role models so to speak to like YouTube to various different um, Hollywood actors and things like that for a period of time just because I felt like there was something about what they were saying that represented something and I didn't know what that something was at the time I just thought that it was like oh wow these people are clearly convicted in what they're sharing they believe it and that was what was drawing me in but I didn't realize at the time that it was actually about their truth they were sharing their truth and they were really standing powerfully in that but not only standing powerfully in it they were embodied in it and I just never felt like I saw that as a kid I never felt like I experienced a reality or somebody in my in my reality that truly stood so powerfully like convicted this is my truth this is who I am and at an even deeper level, that's what I was craving. That's what I was yearning for was to just, oh, just to be able to breathe and to look myself in the mirror and actually love the person that's looking back at me. For so long, it was such a challenging ordeal and such a painful ordeal because I would be in intimate relationships with um, girls and then, you know, eventually women down the track where it was... I was so unconscious to the fact that I wasn't seeing that I was wanting to be saved. I was wanting to be rescued in a relationship. And I was always craving, always feeling this neediness of love. And it's not like I wanted to be like that, but there were still aspects of myself that hadn't genuinely been healed and learned from and alchemized yet. 
And when I was able to fully recognize it, I was then able to reach a whole new level of acceptance and love for myself, knowing that, hang on a minute, I actually am the creator of everything. And when I'm able to take a step back, create unconditional space for myself to be able to self-assess what's actually going on in my reality, I was then able to see the patterns that were showing up to then see the perpetuated cycles that were playing out and ultimately asking myself the, the brutal question, Alan, what are, the, what are the results you're getting in your life? Because if you're not getting the results that you want in your life, it's a clear indication that something isn't working. But nobody taught me this stuff. It was things that I either may have learned a principle from a coach or a mentor or a course or a book maybe. However, that's not reality because if I, if I, I, can, I can onboard that as information, but for so long, I hoarded that information. I didn't do anything with it. So it became a case of me not being embodied in the person that I was. So I became this individual that was hoarding information and, and speaking and, and talking the talk, but I wasn't walking the walk. And so there was another roadblock of painful ordeal of, wow, I'm still feeling empty. And that was a huge challenge throughout probably the beginning, probably uh, the transition from... Uh, mid high school through to my yeah early 20s even where I experienced a lot of numbness just emptiness unfulfillment I I feel like I just stumbled my way through careers I I uh, started a motorcycle mechanic apprenticeship I, I quit it after two months like nope that's not for me went did carpentry uh, for four years finished that got the trade stayed in that industry for another two years i was in that industry for six years total in the construction industry just so unhappy angry just passive aggressive all those sorts of things left that i just needed to go and do something else my friend at the time was like hey my my dad's a beekeeper and he's looking for uh like an assistant like okay done i'm just i'm out so i just went i was i just went i went and became a beekeeper for 12 months so yeah i was that guy that got stung by bees every day for the next 12 months i actually started to learn a lot about energy because bees are extremely mm. extremely uh i don't know if intuitive is a word but i really started to see some things when we were starting to take the honey away i was like i can really feel the energy shift it's like wow where it's literally like somebody taking the roof off of your home and starting to take your belongings because we were, we were taking their honey. And so that was, that was a very challenging time, but that was my moment. That was in 2013, 2013, 2014, when I had the moment where I finally asked myself the question on the inside, what am I here to do? And straight away, personal trainer came through. That felt like at the time that felt like the thing. Um, and so I, initiated on that and I joined a gym and I started to learn how to move my body and all these sorts of things. I started to notice the, the physiological benefits of getting stronger. And I also started to realize that I was also getting stronger mentally and emotionally and all these sorts of things as well. And then I went to pursue it obviously. And then before I knew I, I'd become the personal trainer to the beginning of the share on this very live today was, which is what I was sharing about becoming the personal trainer but then three literally three months into being a personal trainer i'm already questioning hang on a minute why why how can i create this beautiful program for somebody and still they're choosing not to do it and still they're choosing to watch netflix and still they're choosing to not 
it just it just rattled my mind and that was when that was the catalyst for onboarding my first ever mentor who was still my mentor to this day and I love that man because he's just taken me to the depths of understanding the core of who I am but then also understanding as I mentioned at the beginning of this live why people make decisions that they do their value sets of belief systems all all of these different things and just where those core wounds tie into their self-worth like they don't feel good enough or they don't they don't believe that they can or they're not deserving or whatever like whatever that individual is experiencing which is why i'm so passionate about the coaching side of things and running events and all these beautiful spaces that i get to hold and these beautiful opportunities where people can come and, and fully let their walls down which essentially is them truly being able to be vulnerable knowing that they're in a safe space and really um really feeling that trust so they can really get to the core of what it is for them and i feel like for me to tie this all perfectly in a nice bow is so deeply associated with their gift here and what they do and how they be in this world and that's their soul like that's their soul signature this there's specific i just genuinely believe this i'll say this the day that i die every human being has a a beautiful gift and that gift how i highlight how i love to articulate that is like their, their gift is their soul signature and whatever that is for them only they know what that is and that's a beautiful thing and that's why i love holding spaces with people i love the coaching side of things i love holding events and all these beautiful things so they can realize that because i didn't know that and it came through very painful ordeals. It came through suffering that I didn't know that I was choosing. It came through all these areas of life that I just didn't, I wasn't getting the result that I wanted. And that's why I do what I do. Because if I'm able to simply shine a light and at least create a level of um, inspiration or influence for another, that's a beautiful thing. And what I'll finish here with is that Yesterday I went to a cafe and I just felt called to this cafe and uh, Rach, I'm also on the Gold Coast. You might know this cafe, <laughs> uh, Social Brew and Burley Heads. Oh, yes. And I went, I went down there and I got a muffin, that beautiful muffins there. It was huge. It was just like, wow, there was like some love put into this muffin. And I'm sitting down and for me personally, when I'm at, I love cafes. I love the energy, I love the environment, I love the space. I love having a conversation with the waits, waiters and the baristas and everything like that. I'm sitting down and I'm waiting for my muffin. The, waiter, the waitress comes over and I, I straight away, her spirits were just like through the floor, like just really low spirits. I always look, if, if you're ever um, in person with me, you will notice that I'm always looking for eye contact first eye contact is so key for me it's it's a to me it's a sacredness it's like to to make eye contact is such a reverence and, and such a respectful thing i noticed that she didn't make eye contact and she kind of just put the plate down and she walked off and i was like i just kind of tilted my head for a moment i was like interesting <laughs> and then she came over again once i finished the muffin um and i noticed that this time she picked the plate up and she made eye contact but i could see that i could just feel her energy was quite low Anyway, she takes a plate away and I'm just sitting there for a moment and this whole time I'm just feeling like I need to give this woman a hug. So I saw her, I was just, I was just observing her, like just 
serving other tables and it's almost like I could see she was serving other tables and it was almost like it was bringing their spirits down a little bit as well I could just see the, the energy shift and everything like that and, then, and this is just my perception anyway long story short I saw that she was standing over there just wiping the cutlery down and I'm like yep this is my moment <clears throat> I left my bag and my phone at the table I walked over to her and I was like excuse me can I give you a hug and in that moment it's like that shocked her to hear that in, in the best way possible. And she said, yes, I gave her a hug and the hug lasted about 15, 20 seconds. And the look on her face was just so beautiful. Like just completely lifted her spirits. Her eyes lit up. It was just such a beautiful thing. I left that cafe started walking home and my house was just so happy. Mm. So yeah, that's what I'll leave with. That's what I'll finish with here is that every, um, every human being deserves to be happy. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Alan, thank you so much for sharing that. We as human beings, we want to be seen. We want to be needed. We want to feel wanted, loved. Our soul already loves us. Our soul, God, source, whatever you want to call it, already loves us. It's us that are so hard on ourselves. And the journey of acceptance is not an easy one always, as obviously we can hear from Alan's journey. But when you step into deep acceptance of who you are and why you're here, and you can see the simplicity in it, like that beautiful hug. Mm, it just can change your whole world. Can change someone else's world if we stop looking at ourselves and see what is wrong with us what everything that's wrong with us and look at how beautiful we actually are as human beings and as spiritual beings as souls here to share our magic you know you made a difference <clears throat> not just in that beautiful woman's life but also in your own it activated and ignited the joy within you Absolutely. It's powerful. So powerful. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for sharing your story. I feel that a lot of people can resonate with your story. A lot of people, I think every single person that's out there that heard you speak just now goes, that was me or that is me. You know, this is what I'm going through. And if Alan can do it, you know, <laughs> we can all do it, right? 100%. If we can just instead of walking down the road no avoiding each other and creating more separateness creating the sense of we are not one because that's what is going on in the world right so coming mm -hmm. back into truly seeing each other for who you are where you at in the very moment and saying you know what it's okay I've got you and even if you don't 
you know, feel like smiling at someone, if you don't feel like you, you want to do anything to make yourself feel joyful, just know that there's always that some, something or someone that's going to light up your life. I find that in so many different ways. The other day, I was having a really bad day, <laughs> which I call a really bad day. And this old man, I was packing my groceries in at New World into my boot. And this old man came and he said to me, my love, can I take your trolley for you? And can I put it away for you? And he gave me this biggest smile. And that made my day. And I was no longer having a bad day. And it's such a simple thing, right? We don't know how we affect people and how our smiles and our kindness and our acceptance of who we are, the love that we have within us, how that can radiate to all the people out there. But it starts with us, right? Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that, Alan. Beautiful story. Thank you. Wonderful angel. Can't wait to hear your beautiful awakening moment. <laughs> All right. Well, I can definitely resonate with Elise in the fact that it is just been kind of like a continuation of moments if you will and I feel like it started not even in this life but um, I will try to compact it down into a nice package for this um, so as many of my own audience knows I was born on the big island of Hawaii during the harmonic convergence of 1987 and my mother free birthed me not too far away from the Kilauea volcano. And then I moved away when I was a baby. And I have lived everywhere in the freaking United States, basically. I've lived coast to coast and I've been moving for my entire life. And I'm still moving right now. And I grew up in what I would consider an average American home with you know, plenty of trauma in my parents and childhood. And uh, there was unfortunately a lot of drinking and violence. And I inherited all of that, of course, like we all do. As a teenager, I started attracting very toxic uh, relationships to me. And I got into a lot of drugs and partying and I was lost in samsara, in the illusion, right, of the reality and the mind. And, you know, I was really uh, very mentally unstable for a lot of my life. I, uh, one of the reasons why I came to shamanic menstruation eventually is because I used to lose my mind every month and I you know I struggled with anxiety and depression and, and suicidal thoughts and I um I overdosed many times and shouldn't be alive really compared to what I have experienced and the first thing that really jolted me awake and gave me the fuel to pull myself out of the depths of the darkness that I was lost in for years was uh, loving 
a boy who had a really bad substance abuse problem. And I, I, I played around with all of the drugs, but I never let myself get to a point where I couldn't live without any of them. And that's where he was. And I tried for a couple of years to help him get better. And I just watched him slow. He was just slowly killing himself. And it put me through some of the worst suffering I've ever been in in my life. And it was because of that experience with him that I didn't ever want to do another drug in my whole life. And I woke up abruptly from that loudly. And I didn't have any support system. I had to get rid of all of my friends and basically I isolate myself to heal and I didn't know how to heal. I put myself through a yoga teacher training that I feel like saved my life. And, you know, I was born in Hawaii, but I didn't grow up there. But my entire life, I have felt a deep longing for it, like I spent my whole life there. And it was just always on my mind for my entire life to go back home, to get back home. And you know, me and my mom and my sister were always planning on going back. And I finally just got tired of waiting for everybody. And I, I just radically changed my life within a year's time. And I got completely clean of everything. And I just became so deeply devoted to my yoga practices. I started working out regularly. I started dabbling in meditation. And I just took a year to cocoon myself and prepare to make the leap home, which I did at the age of 23. And once I got home, everything changed and it felt like the heavens opened up for me and the entire island like welcomed me home and took care of me like I've never experienced in my life like synchronicity after synchronicity the right person here the right opportunity there like I just felt so held and taken care of and I had so much that I came with still I had so much that I had I had arrived with and I ended up you know it was like about a decade or so that I had just completely became a hermit and just dove deeply into my own healing and spiritual practices. And I, you know, I lived on a horse ranch for several years and an organic farm. And I just spent so much time with myself, healing myself and once I finally started getting time really to be with my own body, my womb started mentoring me. And I started uncovering this ancient uh, way of calling vision to yourself, like, like men do in vision quests. 
I started learning how to do this with menstruation, although I didn't really know exactly what I was doing yet, I was healing. And um, fast forward a few years, coming to my the beginning of my Saturn return, um, I had been working very intentionally and ceremonially with psilocybin, with um, magic mushrooms. And I intuitively started creating myself these ceremonial baths, if you will. And I would create the space and bring in crystals and, and I would go into the journey state and every time I would hit this layer where it just became cathartic crying and weeping from the depths of my being. And it ended up being a huge amount of ancestral healing that I was doing. And a lot of it revolved around my own mother. And I, at one point, even revisited my own birth during one of these ceremonies with myself and I was just having these profound healing experiences like I would just weep and weep and weep for hours and I would be like afraid that the neighbors were gonna hear me and think something was wrong and every time I would come out of it I would feel reborn and it was profound the level of healing that I was able to uh, cultivate for myself just intuitively and um, I ended up flying to the big island for my 28th birthday and I made well there's no mistakes but it felt like a mistake at the time I made the mistake of not working with some quite as intentionally and a different kind and it put me into a death experience for the entire day where I couldn't move and I could not talk and I couldn't see. And I just tried for at least 12 hours straight with every fiber of my being to keep my spirit in my body because I felt like it was trying to leave earth. And that was the beginning of my Saturn return. And at the same time, I met a beautiful man who showed me a love that I had never experienced in my entire life. And meeting him changed me forever. It, the love that he gave me, I didn't even know how to receive. I, it brought, it triggered such a profound amount of unworthiness that I didn't even know was inside of me. That I didn't even know how to receive his love because it felt like an angel itself was loving me. And I looked at my past and everything that I'd been through and how much abuse I used to put my body through and how much I used to allow myself to be abused by others. And I didn't feel like I could be loved the way that he loved me. And it, it activated something in me. And 
nine months after I met him, I was on a plane to India to fulfill what I felt like was my soul calling. I didn't even know how I was going to go. I didn't have the money for it at the time, but the activation in me was so powerful that I didn't care. I just started moving. I just started moving with more focus than I've ever moved in my entire life in the direction of where my soul was calling me. And I flew to India and lived there for several months and received all these profound healing treatments that I feel like gave me a new body. I feel like it deeply purged my body of all of the toxins that I had accumulated during my years of unconscious living. And um, I felt like I really needed to do it by myself. So I didn't allow him to come with me. And while I was there, he suffered a demonic possession and completely shattered my reality. And I just tried my best to survive and stay there and to keep going to school. But I died there. And when I came back, I had changed so much that I, everything just felt different. I couldn't plug back in the way that I was. I didn't know what to do with the rest of my life, but I knew that I was on my path still. And eventually it led me to working shamanically with my menstrual cycle for years now. I've been doing that for about seven or eight years and I have really deepened in that practice and it has been my biggest source of healing my life to date and I eventually started bringing on women to teach them about these um, sacred ways of how we used to honor our bleeds and the power of the womb and I started sharing this message with the local community of women around me and it started profoundly changing their lives and I have been working with one particular person who has had some heart issues um, for most of his life. He was born with a heart defect. He had five open heart surgeries by the time he was 17 and I've just been working with him for the last year and he has been naturally healing holes in his heart since I've been working with him and is an anomaly to his doctors. So between helping empower women to reclaim their sacred right to move through their cycles and helping people heal things that you know, the rest of the world thinks you can't heal because that's what I did. I've healed things that aren't healable many times because I refuse to believe in anything other than the divinity that lives in every single one of our cells. So I help people heal 
and I help reconnect women to their power. <laughs> wow. Oh, goosebumps. <laughs> oh, sister. <laughs> it's like I was there with you throughout that whole journey. <laughs> oh, so powerful. Um, I literally had tears in my eyes and I feel that oh, there is so much information and in just that little bit of stuff that you just shared, your journey that you shared. The fact that we have this incredible intelligence in our womb, the universal multiverse intelligence, divine intelligence that is speaking through our womb. When we deeply connect back to that space of knowledge of deeper wisdom and honoring our um, physical bodies in that way when we truly listen and come back and like Alan said embody embody all of this wisdom all of the things that we're hearing that we're experiencing when we're truly feeling that in our body and connecting it on all the multiple levels that we can connect back into because that's who we are we are multi-dimensional beings right it's so profound um and yes our womb has a consciousness and it's such powerful work to be able to bring this consciousness this this divine intelligence of the womb because it is the mother it is the divine feminine it's the earth it's all that we are right back into this beautiful space of learning and bringing all of these teachings into the new earth so that we can create this beautiful new earth that we want to have right and I feel from the journey that you've been through and just listening to what you're saying is you've had to go through all of that to be able to now bring through the level of healing that you are bringing through. It is profound. And so watch out world. I'm excited mm -hmm. <laughs> for what you all and for, you know, all the work that you are bringing through here, because yes, we are healers we have the innate ability to heal ourselves of dis-ease of discomfort um you know i see it every day healing people from mold that doctors say they cannot you know get out of the body healing people from heart conditions like you said from cancers and all of that stuff it is happening and unfortunately you know the powers at be that think they are at power or in power they don't want people to know that we have the ability to heal ourselves when we truly connect to that divine intelligence within us and we truly work with that divine intelligence. And I feel our experiences have just made us stronger, every single one of them. So celebrate your experiences. Celebrate every single moment that you get to live here on earth because as above as below right mm. so powerful angel and it was interesting you said something plug back in I couldn't plug back in mm. and I want to um talk about that just quickly before we move on to Rachel you know we have been plugged into the matrix <clears throat> into this way of being for such a long time that you know, especially with Elisa's journey and Angel's journey as well. When we move out of that matrix of control and we are sitting in the stillness of our own being, of our connection to all that we are, our multidimensionality, 
And we, we then connect to that zero point stillness. That's where we receive all the answers. That's where we can heal, where we can expand, where we can truly connect all the pieces of the puzzle back and make us ourselves whole, right, as such. So it is important if you're feeling overwhelmed, for those people that's listening, if you're feeling like you've got a busy, crazy life, that things are too hard basket, you know, that you're feeling overwhelmed in any way or form and you're feeling disconnected from yourself, plug yourself back out, switch off your phone, switch off that television, no Netflix and chill, right? Soul and chill. That's the next um, cool black and white thing, right? Don't just go and look for something to fill the void. You are the void. You are all of it. You are everything and everything is within you. So mm, such a powerful story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Angel, amazing. Mm. Thank you so much for holding the space. You're so welcome. Thank you. Rachel, please do share with us your story. Just after listening to all your stories, I just see so much of my journey in all of your stories. And I feel like after this, I want to message each and every one of you <laughs> about some things. Like it's, oh, it was just amazing to listen to all your stories. Um, I'm really quite early on in my spiritual journey. I've been on this path for about three years now. And yeah, my backstory is that um I grew up on the Sunshine Coast I was born in Melbourne but uh, we moved up to the Sunshine Coast when I was about three or four and um it was there that's when I you know looking back on you know my life now that's where things really started to really started to change in the fact that I had that's where I started this is where um, I had some trauma started when I was uh, between six, six or seven years old. I can't really remember the actual, how actually how old I was, um, but I suffered uh, a lot of sexual abuse uh, from the ages of six to 11, was also raped as well and having that so early on in my early childhood and and things like that it just set up a cascade of just really just numbing myself and feeling unloved and unworthy and basically treating my body like a complete garbage can and just feeling like I was just completely yeah I was completely alone I grew up feeling like I was different from everyone else I as I have gone through my healing journey I know now that my parents did the best they could with what they had and through their own experiences and things like that um, my dad was the breadwinner and tried to provide and things like that he wasn't probably the most emotional and uh, as far as giving emotional support it was more the the physical and the the house and the stability and all that kind of thing and my mum who she didn't have quite the easy life and had a lot of now I know a lot of trauma and stuff from her past and things like that and she 
was pretty much sick for most of my life. I never really remember a time when she was up, when she was quite well. And I never really had those memories of, you know, doing things with her, going out and things like that. She was always sick in bed for, for uh, some way or another. And she almost died when I was about 10. And she yeah. got very um, just sort of, so like it's I don't know what the right word is but just because you know people who um have a, a lot of chronic conditions and things like that after a while become very centered within her own space and things like that and I just I was always trying to please my parents and trying to get their attention and and you know this is early on and um just try got into the wrong crowd and just wanted to be accepted and was trying to find everything else out there and not actually looking within and um and that's when I developed an eating disorder and of uh, my vice was overeating and that's where the weight gain started because it was I was trying to fill a void and I was trying to um I was trying to give my that self-love and um and that feeling that you know food gives you and things like that and it was yeah on this I started a path of very destructive behavior and it was I never really quite understood it till later in life and it was I spent a lot of you know a lot of my early 20s and early 30s just feeling really sheltered and just you know having a masculine mask on and not really and just being really disconnected from my body like the mind body connection was just complete like I just was completely disassociated I just had no connection with my body whatsoever mm -hmm. and um it's yeah affected relationships and attracting the wrong kind of men and getting into relationships that should have only lasted maybe a month or something like that but lasted a year or two because I didn't have this because I didn't feel like I was worthy enough or didn't or I didn't want to be alone um, and trying to fill anything that I could with what I was trying to search or I couldn't feel like I was getting from my parents and, and things like that and I yeah I just floated through life and I just it was I kind of disassociated from a lot of people and things like that and did my own thing and um I just yeah it was very very disconnected and um that I never told anyone about my abuse I didn't even tell my parents and I never, I never knew why I wasn't able to confide in them and, and tell them. So I held this secret in. I didn't really, I didn't tell anyone until my early thirties. I told the first person, and um, so it was. And I remember having an experience when I told that person. It was almost like I had complete nerve. My body just had a complete nervous breakdown reaction into it because it was a secret that I'd held for 20, 25 years that had finally come out because it was just so much shame and so much blame on myself that that it was, you know, it was my fault and it was, yeah, pretty much just blaming it. I was just blaming myself constantly. 
and um and then I did a little bit of therapy and things like that but it just it just nothing really stuck and I was still just in that really unconscious in a bit of a victim state and things like that and I just it was just a cycle I just couldn't get out of it and I um early on um in my childhood I got introduced to surf lifesaving and I was in that from about 10 to 22 and I did quite well I worked my way up right up until I was district supervisor of one of the clubs on the Gold Coast and I was the youngest one I think I was like 19 and it was one of those things where I immersed myself into surf lifesaving because it was almost like a distraction from everything that was going on at home in my body and I just it was that was just what I put my focus into and it was, and I got into nursing um, and I never understood why I got into nursing, but I, what I kind of figured out was that, that because my mum was always so sick and things like that, I think I got into nursing to help because I couldn't help her so I could try and help other other people and things like that and that's how that was born and um and because that environment was it was quite familiar to me because I was around that because mum was always sick I was in hospital and things like that and it was kind of very familiar to me um and I just I'm one of these people that if I have an idea I just get tunnel vision so as soon as I decided I was going to be a nurse that was it um and I just that was really my saving grace maybe through my 20s and 30s because I just put all my focus into that I put I wrapped my identity around nursing even though now I know that it's just a it's what I do it's not who I am um but it was just I got to a point where I my mum passed away in 2000 2003 um and yeah there was a lot of guilt and stuff that I I really carried a long time uh, with that as well and didn't handle that very very well and the overeating up and down up and down and, uh, you know up until recently my whole entire life has been which I know a lot of people will resonate with, lose weight, gain it, lose weight, gain it, like this complete yo-yo and things like that. And it was always about focusing on the physical on the outside of the weight loss rather than actually looking at internally of what was actually going on um, and working from the inside out rather than the outside in. And then my weight blew up after my mum passed away and then went through a couple of years and then lost some more weight. I tend to have lost weight in like milestone birthdays. So it'd be like my 21st, my 30th, my and then my 40th. I I was about to turn 40 and I was doing finishing off my masters. I was turning 40. I was training for the Melbourne half marathon, which I completed. And yeah, life was really I thought life was, you know, getting back on track and I was getting on top of some of my vices and, and things like that. And then my dad got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and it was one of those moments where it was that foundation that, because you know, he was the only parent that I had left that was just shaken to the, was absolutely shaken to the core. And 
And that was a very short illness that he had. It was only eight months before he passed away. And that was in 2018. Um, and nursing him through that was because I never really had the closest relationship with him, but I, um, towards the end, we did become a lot closer and things. And he was always the one to, um, he was always into meditation and, and mindfulness and, you know, spirit and all those kind of things. And I just <laughs> tell me to calm down and go, um, meditate and I just roll my eyes because I just wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready to receive those messages. And, um, so he passed away and like my my life just completely, it was, a, I pretty much hit rock bottom. It took another six months and I, the weight went, wall went back on again and I was in absolute rock bottom. Like I just, I had no, you know, I felt like I had no family and I was just, I didn't know what to do. And I just thought I didn't really feel like living. I didn't, I didn't really want to live anymore I just I thought there was nothing there was just nothing here for me anymore and and then it was probably a couple of weeks later where I was um I was at work and I remember this moment it was I just remember thinking I was standing at the photocopy and I was like there's something out there that has to be bigger than me like something out there that I'm searching for and I just so I then just started searching spiritual accounts on social media and and um and then I came across a post that was um, change your breath, change your life, something like that. And it was a, a picture of a man who was doing breathwork courses, uh, a breathwork events, I mean, and I thought I, there was just something that had to, for me to message him. And up until this point, I never had a spiritual bone in my body. Like I absolutely, like this was just, I don't know what was happening to me. And um, so I messaged him and he called me three days later and what was supposed to be like a 10 minute call ended up being an hour. And after that, within two days, I, my whole psyche had changed. Like I started eating better. I started exercising. I started moving forward on things. I just became a lot more positive. And a month later, I did my first breath work uh, had my first breathwork experience I didn't just dive in a little bit just with a little bit of nervous system breaths I ended up going to a full transformational um, breathing session the circular breath for over an hour and it was something I'd never ever experienced before and I was in that state when I was doing the circular breathing where I had an experience where my parents came to me and I was, and I'll never forget this. Like I was like a little baby and I was wrapped up and I was warm and I was looking up at them feeling so loved. And it was, it was, I'd never felt that for a, for a while for, I don't think ever. And that just awakened something in me that I just, I knew that, this was a time that I needed to now deal with my traumas and really this was a time to you know get my life in order and I started doing a couple of um breath sessions and uh, with this uh person Trey Williams who completely changed my life and I would not be alive without him I really I really wouldn't be and I remember those couple of breath sessions that I did with him initially and I basically relived all my trauma 
uh, from when I was younger and things like that. And it was almost like I was raising the vibration of my energy and actually releasing a lot of that stored um, stored pain and things like that that I was feeling. And it, that was just a catalyst for everything that I've um, done since. And I got introduced to plant medicine, which has been another thing that's changed, changed my life. And it's um, it was one... One thing that um, the shaman said to me was, I remember my first experience and I all I felt was this, this unconditional universal love. I felt like I always had like a, a, like a love blanket wrapped around me. And I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, this hasn't worked. I didn't get to see my parents, didn't get to, <laughs> no one came to me, no one, nothing. I didn't see any weird stuff. Like it was just didn't work. And she turned around to me and said to me, you got exactly you got exactly what you needed at the time and then I and it kind of hit me and I and I realized that in that moment yes that was the first time that I actually felt that unconditional love and the medicine gave me exactly what I needed and that started my um, plant medicine journey and there was one thing that she said later on was sometimes the medicine may give you anchors to you know, if you suffer from anxiety, depression, things like that, sometimes the medicine will give you incomplete sort of income, so joy, happiness, ecstasy. So you've got an anchor so you know what it feels like. And that really stuck with me because after I had an, ex like I had a, I basically had an ego death experience um, in a journey where I had that the ego death. And then it was the other side of complete ecstasy and joy and being able to fill my life with exactly what I wanted. I remember my first breathwork session that I taught and I remember sitting on the bench afterwards and everyone had left and I had that same experience of feeling joy, happiness, ecstasy from doing that breathwork teaching to that same experience that I had in the plant medicine journey and it's really given me anchors for all of those feelings that I had never really like I'd never really felt that level of joy and happiness I don't think in my whole entire life and that in that moment I knew that I was just completely completely aligned with my purpose and like I've never really felt like I've had a purpose until in the last three years of this being able to teach breath work now and um, do any you know energy healing and I know now that it's I've been able to go to the depths of my own soul myself so I know now that I am able to help mm. other people and I it's just yeah it's uh, nursing I I do love it it's mm. but it's just something that just doesn't align with me anymore and I just, yeah, it's, it's something that I, um, yeah, I'm just really passionate about helping people with, you know, living their best life, but also to helping people where I was like three years ago and really giving people hope and things like that, that no matter what happens in your life, it can be turned around no matter where you are. And one thing that's really stuck in my mind, it was the first session that I, first breathwork session one-on-one -on -one that I had 
with Trey was, which has completely changed my life because I remember him, I remember saying to him, I want to get to a point where with all my baggage and all my abuse and all that kind of stuff, I want to get to a point where I've, I'm okay with it and I'm able to, you know, it's just not holding me back anymore. And I remember him saying to me when we were talking about, you know, you choose everything and you choose your parents and every experience you have that you choose. And he said to me, you know, you chose that experience of that abuse. And at the time that didn't land very well. Like how, you know, I'm thinking to myself, how the hell can you say that I chose that at that age and all that kind of stuff. But now through my journey of everything that I've learned, I know now that I was supposed to go through that experience because through that experience, that has made me so much stronger and it's really put me into my real feminine, powerful energy that I can actually now empower other people and to be able to um, tell my story and to be able to help people through what they've gone through because I know that I've seen what it is like on the other side and I know a lot of people don't have that strength and haven't actually made it as in the fact that people have had these experiences and chosen a different a different path and um you know I it's that's part of my mission is that stuff that stuff's happened that's part of my story but it's in the past and now it's about moving forward and actually helping other people through my experiences to you know live better lives and to there is light on the other side of whatever whatever pain and suffering mm. that people have had and things so I just I'm just really grateful and I'm really grateful for you hold you know you're holding space and things like that and I just I'm just yeah I'm in a state now where I'm just really yeah grateful for all my experiences and that's something that I never thought I would ever get to a point mm. wow <sighs> That, those words, I am grateful for my experiences. Mm. <laughs> if you can look at your experiences with deep acceptance and love and take out the empowering bits from those experiences and go, this is where I'm now. This is how it's empowered me. This is how it's brought me to this very moment where I can now take that and I can be the catalyst for change yeah. and I can bring this beautiful knowledge and wisdom that I have because of my experiences because how can you teach without having experiences right yeah. we cannot and um it's like we've amassed so much information over many many lifetimes and we hold that within our cell memory and yeah. our soul we connected through our soul so we have to through our experiences come to this massive awakening or perhaps it doesn't have to be a great big bang experience it can be like these little miniature experiences mm -hmm. that you have had and synchronicities and whatever but <clears throat> sometimes people are so deeply ingrained and and, and um, pulled down into their experiences that they do have to have that big bang experience to be able to wake up mm. to why they've come here mm. what did my soul choose for me or what did I as a soul choose right now in this lifetime what's my mm. why you know and that is such a beautiful story Rachel thank you for sharing that and I can definitely see how your journey has actually empowered you 
And yes, it was really crap going through those experiences. It was really hard going through those experiences. But what is really apparent is to see how you've come out of it now and how you can teach from that space. Mm. And that's for all of you, every single one of you that are on here today. And just such an incredible journey. And in, in your own way, sharing it your uniqueness your unique soul signature you know like Alan said earlier on as well and I want to add as well something it's interesting how easily we when we're not loving ourselves we can go into that role of caregiver and when we're still giving so much of ourselves away to other people until we realize hang on a minute here's another awakening experience, here's another person that says to me, no, move this way, move that way, right, the synchronicities, until we come back fully and truly to ourselves, and truly accepting mm. every single part of ourselves, mm. and we will continue riding this roller coaster, this awakening roller coaster, until we come back to that space of wholeness in every way and form. <laughs> Can I just wow. Something Go for right it. now, it, it comes on the back of your story and also yours, Angel. So as a young child, I was also sexually abused and I couldn't tell my parents because they would never understand. And I was really aware of that. And so I was in this place of having to carry a deep secret. And um, and and even though I tried to I tried to tell my siblings, but no one really understood what I was saying because I didn't really know how to say it. And so I, I was given the awareness by my teacher that the reason why I was having this energetic affair with this guy who was the catalyst for my growth, okay, was because of that. And But for myself, I had already said, oh, well, I've already dealt with that because I knew exactly what was happening and I was kind of being strong about it. But... Mm -hmm energetically emotionally I was really disconnected and shut down so it was through the journey of the inner child of reclaiming my uh, self-esteem confidence power all of that okay so what was interesting I kept asking myself do I need to confront this person do I need you know and I just kept getting no 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 and so we've gone through this whole you know I've been in this journey for 30 years now and, you know, we, we talk about the zero pointing, coming to the neutrality. So only three months ago, I was setting in an intention to um, just deepening, um, calling in a, a, a partner, because that hasn't really happened for me for a very long time. And so I thought, okay, I need to revisit some things. And so it was really interesting. As soon as I set up that intention, uh, then I got some consciousness around it. And then three days later, I was face to face with my abuser. And it was so synchronistic. Wow. And I was just like really aware of how I was feeling, what my thoughts were. And I was really aware of that inner child. And I'm thinking, okay, what do I do here? What do I say? Is there anything to say? And I was really aware of the fact that if we project our story out again, then it recycles yeah and in that moment of this awareness and recognition because he didn't recognize me at first and then he realized who I was and then he went back to his charming persona but in my being I thought no I don't have to do it this way I can just 
and I stayed in that moment and I was really aware my little girl was really proud standing tall because she had someone looking out for her you know and that's when I realized yeah I've healed this now I don't need to uh, project that role that he has to be abuser and because you know I've been criticized for not saying anything but I, I sort of felt no it's about making peace with ourselves mm -hmm. it's only because we keep projecting the hurt that it just keeps repeating itself yeah and so that was a really um, poignant point of growth for me understanding I've gone beyond this I don't need to attract this or to do this again and so, um, yeah, for what it's worth, I just wanted to share that because we do, we do come through it. Yeah. And for me, yeah. I, I understand that the inner child work is uh, modern day shamanism. Mm, so powerful. Yeah. And this, this is exactly it. You know, what you vibrate is what you attract. So mm. clearly, at least there was still that facing of that mm that growth or perhaps that realization of where you've you've been and where you've now at right to be able to transcend or move beyond into that next stage of your life where you can receive that beautiful relationship that you want and you desire yeah. so my loves thank you so much we've got on for an hour and 36 minutes um <laughs> and it's the perfect time thank you so much for sharing your mm. incredible stories and I just want to celebrate each and every single one of you for where you've been, where you are now and where you are going. And just know that through each of your stories, your work, and just from the people that will listen to your stories today, there'll be so much resonance, so much healing that will be received from every single word that has passed your lips. And that is the intention that I set for this conversation. And that it may ripple to those beautiful souls that feel that they don't have an out, that feel that they don't have um, all the answers or feel that maybe, you know, they feel ashamed and they're blaming themselves, but that they know now from just listening to this conversation that there is a way out, that there is truth and there is acceptance and there is love, okay? And it's okay to be where you at right now. Just don't stay there and perpetuate the cycle for too long always seek let your soul guide you to what is available to you to all that is possible for you in love and in light so thank you thank you so much beloveds um amazing conversation so elise where can they find you just give us your website address very quickly so it's www.youngelise.com wonderful you. alan yours uh mainly instagram so alan underscore tsg so a double l a n underscore tsg or facebook alan dalitz you'll find me wonderful. there wonderful and angel thank you angel you can just find me on uh facebook for now under angel okay. Aquarius. you could tag me maybe on this sure beautiful and rachel um yeah instagram facebook rachel williams 77 or holisticnurse.com.au wonderful and if you have any questions for these beautiful speakers i will make sure that i pop the links below as well and um, please do contact these beautiful souls because they have so much wisdom to share just to have a conversation even would be amazing so thank you beloveds until we speak again i'll see thank you, you again very thank soon. you for this thank beautiful you. opportunity thank you so You're much so welcome <laughs> from my heart to yours i love you Thank you. See ya. See ya. <laughs>
Aloha. 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 Aloha.